when you showed me that video that was <laughs> hilarious i, I was had like, to go ex- back and because i hadn't even watched the whole thing i just seen clips of it so uh, there, there's eric crying. there's a video on youtube this guy i spit out my coffee on my computer <laughs> he, he does deep fakes of like obi-wan and qui-gon and now anakin and like qui-gon's a force ghost and they're all like sitting on like a couch in the living room and they're watching star wars and like qui-gon's like hey wait what why does she get to live right right <laughs> it's all just sort of like they're, they're doing all these like silly takes on it and stuff like that it's pretty had, damn funny because he has obi-wan it's like you mean you could have saved me Cause like this diagram about how you know this is just the bladder and you'll still live he's like wait a minute like, it's like, a I'm, shitty diagram. Right, right. Like I like I don't have to be a ghost. I could have lived. Like you could have saved me. And he's like, well, <laughs> the quality of life wouldn't have been that good. And he's like, huh? He said, what do you mean? I, I would have been alive. And he's like, yeah, but you wouldn't be able to eat cheese. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Let me he's die. Like, good point. Let good point. Uh, good point. Yeah. I couldn't live without <laughs> cheese. Let me die. I, yeah, yeah, I you, need I need you, the gallbladder for the yeah, cheese. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> And Anakin was just like, yeah, man, uh, yeah, you gotta let him go. You gotta let him go. You're like, what's life if you can't process cheese? It was, man, like I said, I spit my coffee out. It was so left field. It was so, so dry. And it was hitting all the points. You would think all the stuff he was saying, it's brilliant. You gotta watch it, E. I just like, I know Ryan's probably tired of me. I just kept hearing quotes and typing on my, like, it just, it was so many moments of just silliness. It was just like, this is just, oh. yeah. Yeah, Disney need to hire them or add that or tack that onto their show as extra content. Because <laughs> they, they, if you're going to get talked about and clowned, you want somebody who does it like that. Because they, they had the perfect balance of, you know, they love it. You know, they love Star Wars, but. Well, I feel like if they wanted to do something like what Star Trek's done with Lower Decks, which is clearly like yeah. a comedy show. Right. That it doesn't, it doesn't parody mm-hmm. Star Trek. It plays with Star Trek. It loves Star Trek. It respects Star Trek. But it is goofball shenanigans, right? And I could see something like that for for Star Wars, but yeah. But you know, it had to be. You know, it's funny when the ghost is looking like, oh yeah, she's dead. Like you know, because he, (laughs) because like I went through that too. Oh, she's dead. And then for her to pop back up, like wait, and then to find out he didn't have to die. Cause I said the same thing to Ryan, and then Ryan was just like, Ryan's like, well, she probably had close medical help, and I'm thinking like, okay, then what about the captain who got stabbed and he got a damn sick bay? He didn't have time because everyone have- was dead. <laughs> <laughs> everyone was dead. No one's dragging him to sick bay. Fucking slaughtered everyone. <laughs> uh, I'm like, man, don't help this damn show. Let he was laying on the ground like, you take me to. Oh, wait. How about you? You take him. Oh, shit. He dead, too. Man, I'm like, like, just let me have it, Ryan. Just let me have it, dude. I'm, try- I'm trying to be petty, and you won't let me have it. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Um, oh, it's going to be a fun night. Uh, so, Ryan, man, what's going on with you? How was your day today? It started way too early. Okay. Like okay. 4 a.m. My brain just, like, I woke up, and I failed to go back to sleep for an hour and a half, <laughs> gave up I woke up. up at th- I woke up at three what were you doing that so what happened when you got up what did you do I did nothing I just uh. woke up I was like uh, and just could not could not so frustrating so frustrating could not get back to sleep for an hour and a half and I just like ah, fuck it got up and just went to the office and just went on Facebook and watched reels for like <laughs> three hours 
Oh, wow. Straight, I could not go back to sleep. And I was just like, I'm awake and I'm not happy about it. And then was somehow a functional adult. Somehow. We did uh, We did go and do ultrasounds for number two. So everything's okay. looking good there. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Besides that, you know, tried to be a functional adult at work. Same here. Uh, like I said, I woke up at three o'clock too. I try to do the right thing and not put in like a YouTube video or something. I tried to do the right thing, but I just, you know, I held you, out for an hour and a half. Better than me. I tried. <laughs> I tried. I, I did good the night before, but um, not so much this morning. But um, yeah, I, I kind of felt it. And it was kind of a crazy day, but um, I don't know. I guess it kind of went along with the how the day was going. But, you know, I know why we woke up so early. Because we both knew Eric was going to join us tonight. And subconsciously, we <laughs> were know, like, we were excited. Slash scared. <laughs> <laughs> same. <laughs> same, same. Yeah, yeah. As long as, we don't, as long as we don't bring up any Dick Grace and Nightwing X-Men stuff, I think we'll be all right. <laughs> he knows his weakness. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on with you, E? How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. My little one always wakes up at 530 on the dot, too. And I got to get up and let her out. Then I gotta feed her, and then I gotta give her insulin shot because she is diabetic. So, oh my yeah. goodness, <laughs> her bladder is on a clock. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. So, how you been, man? What's been up with you? Working too much, okay. as usual. Okay. Had today off. Spent the first part with the missus, and then she she had to go into work tonight. Okay, so you get a chance to hang out with us a little bit. Yeah, I sat down to a right. Uh, like actually write something. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking about, you know, hanging out with you guys tonight. And I so I grabbed you know my script guide mm-hmm. and then I started like adding a bunch of shit to it. So every now and then I write notes on stuff that I want to add to it. So I typed it all out and ended up adding a bunch of other stuff. So yeah, we might have to do a tangent on uh, on on that at one point for us. <laughs> That'll be dope. Added some stuff to that. So excellent. <laughs> What made you even want to brave it with Ryan and I? <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I, I watched, I was anticipating the Ahsoka show. I was like, you know, after Andor, I was like thinking, oh, you know, uh, I hope it's going to be something really good like that. Yeah. And then I saw the trailer and, and I thought to myself, well, that looks good, but it doesn't look like the level of in-depth storytelling that Andor had. Mm. And then, uh, you know, I was trying to wait for it to end and I decided like, I got a couple of people I work with and they're like being really good and holding their tongue. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna just go ahead and watch the first two episodes. And then I logged on and the third one was on. So I watched three episodes and then I was like, and then in the process of watching it, I was just like, I like it, but there's things that bug me. And I was like, what are the things that bug me? After I watched the first two episodes, I sat and thought about it. Then I watched the third one and then I, and I was able to kind of formulate some stuff. And then I thought, you know what? I want to hop on. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's um let's get ready to do this. Ryan, you good? Locked and loaded. EP? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. All right. Everybody say their prayers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. But, you know, <laughs> say your prayers. All right. Five, four, three, two.
is Jay. I'm back again for another one. And tonight I have with me Jedi Knight Ryan from an unconventional line of Jedi. Damn. Okay. <laughs> and we have the transformational Epodimus Prime. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> How y'all doing, fellas? Chilling. Good. Right on. So we have a new voice, a new addition tonight, a special guest. A third player for the third episode of Ahsoka. Nicely put. Nicely put. Yes, yes E Prime. E Potomus yes, Prime, E Eric, all those things. Childhood friend from way back, brother and art. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. <laughs> uh, how you fellas been? Y'all been all right? You can always use more sleep. That, I realized listening back, I'm like, it's a running oh theme. God, that's I clearly I've got some chronic exhaustion. I'm gonna have to deal with it at some point. Just, 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 just assume I'm tired and not getting enough sleep. Man, you gotta let go of that hustle culture, bro. <sighs> yeah, tell that to the toddler. Yeah, yeah, you can't get off certain rides. You can't get off. It's just what it is. It's just what it is. All right, so we're gonna dig in tonight in episode three, Time to Fly. And this is directed by Steph Green. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan, no comment because they don't know. <laughs> I know what you're thinking and not don't a, do it. Not a different Green, <laughs> Steph Green. There's a specific scene. I wanna give her compliments because like there's a scene in here I really like what was done okay. with the camera work. So like Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. And this kind of goes along with what's been going on with this show, at least from the first two episodes. And this show really takes its time and breathes. And so there's a lot of quiet time, there's a lot of moments, even though stuff is going on. To me, I almost get the vibe of like a stage play. Not only like maybe a one man play, but a stage play where you got like three characters, no more than three characters at one time. And everybody kind of, you know, more of the nuances and the looks and stuff. And uh, it almost plays like that, even though you got the best set and everything looks great. And but I'm just saying that's kind of the vibe. And depending on how you like your shows, that might be a thing that might be a thing for you. I would say like the first half of the episode yes and then we get into the action sequence the back yes. half and yeah. then it's we're going we're going we're going we're going right right, right. you're kind of touching on why why i wanted to hop on this week <laughs> okay Ooh. we start off with so sabina's training right and she's training she's trying to you know prepare for the situation she's trying to get her skills back up because there's a there's a battle coming and, and she wants to be ready you know she cut her hair she put her her big girl clothes on and she's she's trying to to step up ahsoka walks in she kind of gives a look and it kind of reminds me of the training scene with the blind helmet with obi-wan and luke and the new oh, yeah. hope Kind of remind mm -hmm. me of that. It's a little bit of reminding me of Morpheus dealing with Neo, of you know, saying cryptic kind of information that kind of helped. But if you don't understand what they're talking about, it doesn't. How did I beat you? You're too fast. Do you believe that my being stronger or faster has anything to do with my muscles in this place? You think that's air you're breathing now? Like Neo's kind of looking like, what do you mean? What are you trying to say? So it's a lot of moments like that, like the don't try to hit me and hit me, you know, that kind of stuff. This is always the trick 
with TV shows, and I would say TV shows and movies more than books, where you're trying to explain some sort of magic system. And right. it's how is the person going to bridge the gap from reality as we know it to access this magical thing. And I, I like that it's not like, we're just going to throw you into the fire and you're going to yeah. fucking figure it out or die, right? I'm thinking... Uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange in his first movie where they're just like, yeah. I can't do the, the teleport ring. And they're like, I, I can't access the magic. Like, all right, well, we'll just throw you on this mountain. If you don't figure it out, you die. Bye. Right, right. And then it's just like, he's got it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate they're not doing that. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's also like, she's not good at it and right. is probably not going to be good at it for a while. And it's like, okay, all right. All right. I'm on board. I'm on board. Okay. I kind of wish that they would play, they touch on it a little bit, but I wish that they would play up more the fact that she's not a Jedi. Which one? Ahsoka or Sabine? Sabine. Ahsoka's not a Jedi either. She walked away from yeah. the Order, and I don't think she considers herself a Jedi, so I feel like it's inaccurate. But I, she is a Force user. But I wish they would play up more the fact that Sabine is not a Jedi and that Ahsoka doesn't expect her to be a Jedi. I think they should play. I don't know where they're going. I'm hoping that the arc is Ahsoka is not trying to get her to be a Jedi. She's getting her to tap into the little bit of force that she can tap in, but to say, these are the skills that you have based on the fact that you're a Mandalorian and based on the fact that you have a little bit of, you know, force sensitivity, but play with what you have, play in the arena that you have, be good at what you are and uh find your road to what i'm trying to get you to do yeah because that was kind of the conversation that ahsoka had with the droid when she mm -hmm. was yeah. saying like i want her to be yang. i want her to be her you know yeah. and then the whole thing was brought up about being kind of an unorthodox you know mm -hmm. Jedi. From a line of unorthodox Jedi. exactly exactly so because the lineage here's the crazy thing it's count dooku who trained qui-gon who trained obi-wan who trained anakin who trained ahsoka yeah and they're all they're all i mean of of the <laughs> of the three like i guess you could probably say obi-wan is probably the most standard-ish but even he mm -hmm. was like you know yeah. did his own thing and the older he got them he kind of like got drug along by qui-gon on one side and 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 Anakin on the other side and they're kind of like you're you're coming along and he's like, no, no, I want to, I want to stay uh, in the Jedi way. And they're like, nah, through that, we're gonna just do what we want to do. And he just got kind of drug along. So, so E, so what was it when I was talking about how it kind of played out like a play? What were your thoughts about that? Let me preface it by saying I really do like the show, but some of the stuff that when I'm watching it, and I know it's Dave Filoni's kind of like big directorial debut without like Favreau under his shoulder, and I kind of feel like the show was filmed like animation. Like it seemed like, you know, when you're watching a show on TV, there's character coverage. Mm -hmm. Like people will talk to each other and then the camera will jump back and forth between the people that are talking and it'll be over the shoulder shots. And the camera's not necessarily on the person that's talking all the time or someone might start talking and then they'll come into frame. Right. And then, then the camera will jump to the next person while that person's still talking. And this one had kind of like a staccato, like short and disjointed coverage. Like when someone was talking, the camera was on them. And then when they stopped talking, the camera went to the next person and it started talking. And it, it's just like when you're in animation, 
and you need your audience to understand who's talking, you put the camera on on the character because animation can't, uh, it's not as uh, expressive as humans. So they have to do little cheaty things like make sure that the camera's on the person that's talking, making sure that the camera's not on someone else and then someone else is talking because you might be going like, wait, who, who's talking? Because you don't see the little minute from the side the little minute muscles moving that tells you who might be talking or it came across to me like when they were having conversations it was like you talk okay you're done now okay now i talk <laughs> okay you're done okay now you talk i okay, don't I can, oh, oh wait wait are you still talking oh, oh okay I, I can talk now and that's what it felt like to me it felt like people were stopping yeah. and then there was a split one and a half second too long before the next person started talking and i was like what is this a stage play it's not, not like, flowing see, yeah I, I wonder too how much of this is i mean whoever is the creative lead which is dave filoni like it, it comes down to him but the difference between what the director shot and then what the editor did i saw this video the other day where they were breaking down there's the tv show the bear right where it's about i gotta people, start watching it right? yeah. people that are working in in kitchens sous yeah. chefs and things like that and it's winning tons of awards i haven't seen it but they were breaking down and having conversations with the editors because they're getting tons of praise and they had apparently some dinner scene this very very tense dinner scene mm -hmm. and they were talking about him instead of doing what eric's talking about which is Eric's talking, the camera's on Eric. Now Jay's talking, the camera's on Jay. And I'm talking, the camera's on me. You don't need to watch, in this case, in this scene, the dad or the mom or the angry uncle that are causing tension at the table. You cut to everyone else and their uncomfortable reactions to what's going on. And it builds tension, right? It's a right. different way of doing it. And I do agree that either through the editing or through the, the directing as, as far as like how they're setting up and intending the shots, it is very straight forward mm -hmm. and it's this person is talking and then this person is talking. I would say, and this is where I do want to compliment the director, this scene where Sabine is forced to put on the helmet and I can't see anything and it's like, right. well, you got to get a tune into the force where am i focus on my voice and i don't think this is crazy advanced like cinematography or anything right but the camera routinely pans off of ahsoka yeah yeah because now we're in sabine's perspective as we lose track of where ahsoka is yeah. we think she's off to yeah. the left we think she's yeah. off to the right because that's where she disappeared to but mm. then her voice will come in from the left right. and she's over there right yeah. and they yeah. did that like three or four times in the scene and it worked really well to put us in sabine's perspective of oh well i just saw you go off camera mm -hmm. But actually, she's over here, right? right. It and had a nice flow, right? It had nice flow to it. It didn't seem disjointed, right? Which that could have been real quick. It could have yeah, been real yeah. quickly, like, oh, she just popped up like a horror movie, like. But it, right? it didn't feel like that. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's a. I think that's a characteristic of. I mean, usually, if you have a fight scene, you have, you have a second unit director, because they're responsible for that. And if you have a second unit director, most likely that person is used to filming live action mm -hmm. footage and they know how to film that. So they're thinking, what do I need to film to make the audience feel a certain way? Unfortunately, I feel like Dave Filoni is thinking like an animator and he's thinking like, 
what do I, how do I film an animation? And like an animation, like, like human face is like, it's exceptionally complex. It's, it's like subtle and it can express all these in, incredible, diverse, complex emotions, which, you know, just the slightest twitch of an eyebrow or right, micro expressions, curling your lips. Yeah. But you can't get that on an, an animation where a character is just two or three, even in 3D animation. And so animators usually have to cheat that by making sure that the character is conveying emotion with big physical emotion to the silhouette so that when you can see across the room, you can see what the character's feeling by how they're moving their arm and stuff like that. Or, and they do it a lot in anime, you got the chibi face where the face goes like, <laughs> big you know, expressions. It's, just, it's too much. And, and so when Jay was like, it felt like they were in a, a thing. When you're in the back row of, of a Theater play. performance. Yeah, like the characters have to, they have to emote and make sure that the people that are up in the cheap seats or up in the, the booths, they have to be able to see what the character is trying to express. And so characters are going to be more physically active. And I, and I just kind of felt like that's what, the way it felt to me, like everything was disjointed with the camera work and how people were talking. And it, like, if you go back and watch it, like there was a scene when Ahsoka and Sabine were talking on the ship, like the first couple of times they're on the ship talking. And it just felt to me like, I'm going to talk. And then it felt like a split second that you had to wait a second and a half. And then the next person would talk. And then TV shows don't really do that. Like they kind of simulate the way life is really like people talk over each other and interrupt mm -hmm. each other. And they don't do that to the extreme that we do it in real life, but they get it stimulate it close enough so that you feel like people are interrupting each other a little bit they're not reading lines yeah it's still clear and it just felt like i mean if you go back and watch it it felt to me like maybe they filmed their scenes and they weren't even in the same room at the same time and the editor didn't fix it that was hmm. that kind of was just driving me crazy i was like i want to really like this show but this is like throwing me out of it that was a big thing for me in the first two episodes the dialogue doesn't feel alive no what kind of happens after the whole thing with the training and stuff? Hera, she meets with the chancellors to try to get support from the New Republic. And Mamafra's there from Andor. And um, I thought it was kind of interesting, like when it was brought up that Thrawn could be possibly alive and the reactions of everybody. It almost felt like it was almost implied that some of the folks who were probably in on it and probably knew, and some mm -hmm. was like honestly kind of surprised. But what kind of threw me off a little bit was Hera's attitude about the whole thing. Like she asked some good questions, but it's like, would you really speak to them like that? And I thought it was kind of interesting. Like, but that's, that might be how her personality is. But I thought it was kind of, I don't know, maybe because of her age or something like that. But it was just like her response and how she was talking to him. It's almost like talking truth to power, but it's almost like if you were that kind of a person, they wouldn't let you in like that then. You would be kind of on the outside. Hera doesn't code switch. Yeah, so, exactly. If she was if she was talking to Mon Mothma, she's got currency with Mon Mothma. Yes, she I'm... could have that conversation with Mon Mothma. Right, exactly. In that tenor. Exactly. But not with the other senators part of the council. And she should have let some stuff slide over her head because she yeah. knows that she doesn't have the cream to be talking to them like that. Yeah, yeah. but she was kind of talking sideways to them. And even Mamafra, you could see like even she kind of looked like she was kind of like, yeah, she got him. She kind of like gave a smirk of like, yeah, but it's almost like, well, you're asking for help. Well, like you're asking for something, you don't ask like that if you expect to get it. It's, it's some kind of like yeah. nuances that you got to give or some kind of humility, even if you know the person is a bad person. Or, you know, just like Mamafra had to do when she was dealing with that one guy and she knew he yeah. was shady. 
but she you gotta had play to politic. Deal. She had to right. she had to deal with it. And so I don't know. But like I said, it could just been her character. But the way she was kind of side eyeing everybody and every time they say something, she gave a great answer that we would all want to say in our head, but we probably wouldn't say out loud because we need something from them. And I and, think that also goes a little bit to like Eric saying there's not really much subtext. Right. Yeah, She's so. not playing anything close to the chest. Yeah. But I think it's also I mean it's it's not Andor. It's not it, written with no. that level of layers and depth to it as right. well. But is which, that character like that though? Is that character normally like that? What I've seen in Rebels is she's pretty much she she's a hardcore rebel. Like she literally saw her parents, I think it was like set up by mm. the Empire right after the end of the Clone Wars. Her parents were resistance fighters. They were fighting mm. alongside the clone troopers. And then the Empire was like, by the way, your planet is ours now. Yeah. Yeah. So, that so might just she's be... been fighting for decades. Yeah. So that might just be I, how I she it. is because I thought it was interesting when she was like, have you ever fought in a war? I'm like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. That, that's a good question. But you asking for something, but it was just kind of like, and he had to just kind of like, well, no. And she was like, well, <laughs> It wasn't, it wasn't wrong, but it wasn't right either. I don't buy it because if you go back and watch Rebels, that's been maybe, what, eight years since Rebels? In the room, when she was in Rebels, when you consider the people that she was with, she was actually the voice of reason when it came to Kanan, when it mm -hmm. came to Ezra, when it mm -hmm. came to... Now, we're talking about eight years later and she's a general now. And she knows Mon Mothma. I feel like at this point, even if she is a rebel and she's used to being in the world, I feel like she should have learned the game of politic and diplomacy, having gotten to that level of, that's what I that's what I yeah. uh, of, of being a general. And it just didn't seem like, yeah, I don't know. Like to me, that character's, her arc, I don't know where her arc is going, but her arc in the story would be like what Mon Mata's arc is in Andor. She's trying to get stuff done. She has to play politics. She doesn't like it because she's a warrior. She struggled with it, but she's trying to do it. She's trying to get done. She's facing red tape. Maybe you start to find out that some of the red tape she's facing is because there's some crooked stuff going on in the government, or maybe they're just, who knows? I feel like this is a story that they could add depth to her her character arc by by making it more subtle and they just, went for the like the easy cheap stuff the cliche things yeah i i don't sense a strong arc yet for hera ryan okay i heard you when you said it i, I hear you and it's the truth of the situation yet yeah, it's not andor <laughs> because it feels like it it's familiar it's like a cousin but it's not quite as cheesy i'm not saying necessarily mandalorian is cheesy but the level, like I said before this, between Mandalorian and Andor is, is probably closer to Mandalorian than it is Andor, even though it has the fixings yeah. of Andor, it still has a mentality and temperament of Mandalorian. And so the nuances and stuff that I was expecting or kind of thought it would kind of lean into, it still plays more like the yeah. Mandalorian where it's just short, it's, it's cute, it's to the, the point next. The the levels and depth are not as deep. Yeah, so that's true and that's fair. I feel like it's a mistake in that they're trying to tell a grand story by bringing Thrawn back. And if you're going to tell a grand story, I just feel like it shouldn't be through this lens. 
this lens yeah it just seems it seems really small for what the what the the, the grand story they're trying to tell and the serious nature of of bringing Thrawn back and him supposed to being like this big dangerous thing if you want me to feel like this is world threatening then i need a story that tells me that and this is and... why i'm kind of worried that we're not going to see much of thrawn like thrawn is going to come back by the end of the season yeah and then it's a cliffhanger because oh things are going to happen now right yeah. It, i yeah cuz this might not be the if, sh- if, if this is the level of the complexity that they're showing right now, right, it's not worthy of Thrawn. He will not be him in this show, right? Yeah, he will not be himself, possibly. Um, but we'll see. I'm curious. So to go back one scene, okay, this is after they do the training, and then uh, Ahsoka and Sabine are kind of talking and like, oh, I'm struggling, and da da da. And E, I'm gonna say some nice things about Last Jedi here. So here we go. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh my god where's my whiskey what, what I appreciate about this scene is Sabine's like I have no aptitude like the robot just said like I got no chance of being a Jedi right, right? Yeah. and what Ahsoka comes back to is like the, the force is in everyone right Yeah. and yeah. so talent's a thing but hard discipline hard. and hard work right ideas right. are cheap executions expensive right right and yeah. so it it shifts towards some of the themes in last jedi which was moving away from sort of dynastic chosen by destiny magic bloodline force users right, right. i love luke i love like the anakin storyline and stuff but to be able to go in the other direction which is still anyone can be a jedi right anyone can make a difference which i feel like was one of the themes that i liked in last jedi was that ray's parentage didn't fucking matter right and in the very last scene of the movie that little epilogue with the the stable kid right pulling the broom to himself right i teared up in that scene so to see that theme coming back in is that everyone that wants to be a Jedi doesn't have to be chosen from magical lineage, doesn't have to have perfect aptitude, right? We even have in Rogue One, I can't remember his name, forgive me, but Donnie Yen's character, the blind guy, right? He's clearly got some connection to the Force, right? You don't you don't have to be like oh your metachlorian count is this you can just like no i'm gonna i'm gonna put in the effort right and maybe i will never be as good as like a full jedi knight or whatever else of this but like i like that it is reaffirming that it is open to everyone right so i really liked that as sort of a return of that theme and sort of doubling down on it and i thought the scene had the other weaknesses you were talking about but just them coming back to that i was like fuck yes i was curious of what your thoughts on that i agree with it i think saying that was a theme of the uh last jedi is strong <laughs> i think theme is a strong word for that i felt like they kept saying it in a movie but they never actually showed it so I, for me theme was a is, a is strong they didn't do a good job of showing that but yes i agree that that's the theme that the really poor writers of that last movie were trying to get at uh, but I do agree that this show is doing a better job of it. And I hope that is a major part of, of Sabine's uh, progress. 
is her just realizing as long as you work hard, work with the tools you got and you'll get there. Yeah, you know? that would be great if they make that the theme that they're going to go with for her arc, right? Of, oh, I don't have any power, I don't have any ability, but she's just like, fuck it, I'm just going to grind through, right? And there's already, when she failed at the sort of wearing the blinder thing, she was angry, right? And Ahsoka mm -hmm. warned her, like, yeah, right. anger is a shortcut. It could be we could see her dealing with that. I mean... These are sort of like fairy tales and fantasy stories and morality tales. And like, if the hero protagonist never fucks up, that's boring. Yeah, yeah. Right? And really, it does seem like, even though the show is called Ahsoka, I feel like Sabine is more the main character. Ahsoka no. is a main character but sabine seems like it's a, a focal character it's a protagonist yeah. it's, it's yeah, her it's, journey is she the one who has the journey yeah. yeah i think ahsoka i think ahsoka's journey is sort of she's a mentor she's a mentor but she i think is still resolving her feelings about leaving the jedi right because they harp on that in the first two episodes of she left the order right she ran away mm -hmm. from the order and she's like, and I ran away from Sabine, right? So I think there's an element of resolving that and also concern of, well, my mentor became Darth Vader, right? Now, we haven't seen any doubt of like, can I train this person? Clearly, she tried before, but part of her issue might be, <laughs> how do I not fuck it up, right? If I got trained by Anakin and he became Darth Vader, Right. You know, that was another line that kind of annoyed me in the first or second episode. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. She's talking to Hera and Hera was like saying, talking to her. And she said, I walked away from Anakin. I, I guess Hera was saying, well, you know how, I guess you're probably that way with your master. And she said, I walked away from Anakin. And I wish she would have just said, I walked away from the Jedi. I think it would have been more subtextually better for her to just say, I walked away from the Jedi. Instead of specifically saying, right, it just seemed nose. like a huge, cheesy name drop that had no, like, level of of anything to just say, I walked away from Anakin. And then he keep going on. Uh, she should have just said, well, I walked away from the Jedi. And then there was like two or three more sentences that I wish she would just stopped and not said those. <laughs> because those are things that she should get to later. They don't know how to just let stuff breathe and she's just vomiting out let me just say all this stuff right now no let that stuff be stuff that the audience discovers later on only let her say it when she's forced to say it when she's forced to confront the way that she is interacting with sabine and how she's dealing with like ryan said she's dealing with her complex issues about leaving anakin and what happened to him and maybe some of that can be like maybe if i stayed that wouldn't have happened to him maybe some of that guilt uh i don't know they're just like yeah, let me vomit out everything right now and not make the audience wait for that not not let the audience discover that and i'm just like does she have to say all that now like it's just well the way it's written and shot everything is so stretched out that all you have is like i said people sitting and talking so you have where they're sitting and talking about the force how everybody has a force and she possibly you know she's showing her how to use it and you can have it inside of you and she's going to give 110 percent and you know, she walks off, she goes talk to the droid. The droid says, you know, 
yeah, she wouldn't have made it. You know, and she's like, you told her that? It's like, yeah, it's the truth. So I love the I love the fact that the droid is the truth teller, regardless of how it might come off. And Ahsoka has more of a conversation about Sabine with the droid than she does with Sabine. And then after they have this long conversation about the person who's not in the room, when there's only two people in one room, mm-hmm. she leaves out and they go back to the other room and there's two people in the room again, you know? Th- this is why she, they needed to have and, Hu Yang structurally is so that person one, <laughs> Right. who just talked to person two right can leave person two and now exactly. go talk to person three about right. person two so yes they need someone to express yes. their internal feelings to yes because he's basically their proxy and it was just funny like they cut back they actually cut back to a shot where she's sitting up there trying to still fool with that cup and being like oh i'll get you next time and i'm like did they really go back to that scene of her still sitting by that cup trying to get that cup so it's interesting like i don't know it's like it's a lot of time a lot of space a lot of moments where there's a few people so they have to interact and have to talk but it's not as much information coming as you would think considering how much time is being spent and shown I feel like Sabine should have been more dragged, kicking and screaming against her will to having the will that lightsaber again, to be honest. I see. Kind of feel th- like this was... is my thing last time about she didn't reject the call. Yeah, yeah not at all. Like that. She, <laughs> like if it were me, if it were me making that thing, when she got that thing and she went back and she's trying to figure that thing out, I would have written it so that when Shin showed up and she had to fight Shin, like they infiltrated her house, they forced her out or whatever. She had to, first of all, I wouldn't have made it so that she discovered the map then. I would have made it so that something in the fight gave her the answer that she needed to discover the map then. Not she just gets it right then because that just seemed so easy to me. And then when she is forced to face in, I would have made her go to what she knows, which is being a Mandalorian. She didn't put on any armor. She didn't grab any helmet. She didn't grab any Mandalorian weapons. She went right to the thing that she claims that she's not that good at. Why'd you do that? Why did you do that? I'm not saying she shouldn't have had it with her. She did wield the Darksaber for a a short time, but it just seems like she she should have been dragged. She should have only activated that damn lightsaber as a last resort when she had to, because she saw that what she had was not working and i feel like yeah i feel like her journey should be integrating this is what i have as a as a uh as a mandalorian and this is what i have as a as a quote unquote lightsaber wielding force sensitive person and her trying to go oh okay i I need to be a jedi i need to be a jedi and then as as the story goes on ahsoka comes to the realization that she doesn't need to be a jedi she needs to be who she is. Like, I don't feel like Ahsoka should have that realization now. I feel like it's a, something that Ahsoka should 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 grow into herself so that she can give that and say, listen, you need to take all the gifts that you have and combine that. Because we saw Bo-Katan, we saw her wielding the Darksaber and she was a badass. So clearly it's something that can be done. Sabine should just be where we get at the end of this, where Sabine is able to wield a lightsaber, she should just be that much better than what uh, Bo-Katan was. When she reaches that realization, her journey in this season is complete. She should get to that point where she's like, yes, I'm a Mandalorian, but yes, I am this too. 
Why do I have to choose between one or the other? One or the other, which is a total rebuking of what Luke was trying to make uh, Grogu Grogu do. And and that is her journey. That is the journey that this story should be about. Yes. The other thing that I felt like wasn't really, hasn't come out yet, right? Hasn't been explored or wasn't made clear in those first two episodes, right? Is why she's stuck right why she's not ready right because she goes through that whole thing which i like you know she's cutting off her hair she's putting on her armor on right she's she's revving herself up she's like we're gonna fucking do this i'm gonna commit to it all right cool why did it seem like you weren't that before right yeah. now for those that watch rebels like the place she's hiding out is ezra's tower right right so clearly it has something to do with ezra and it's it's might be one of the things like hey maybe this is where they're being subtle with the writing right and they they had her mandalorian gear sort of packed away but they they haven't yet gone and said this is what was holding me back i the the way she was kind of living i kind of took it her being stuck in grief only because she kept referring back to the same the same video you know mm-hmm. th- just like you and there was something about you know, like being stuck in the past the, the saber the saber is not yours but you modified it so it made it yours so i took it as a grief kind of thing um but still i i agree but like i said it's interesting how they're using the time like certain things they'll lean in on and certain things they kind of leave vague and it's just interesting because we have plenty of time um in space for for those kind of um conversations or or to go deeper with it's, it's interesting um yeah it's, it's just a, it's, it has an interesting flow i feel like she should have agreed to go on the mission with ahsoka and but like said i'm gonna go and i'm gonna help you but i'm i'm not i'm not a jedi and she should be drugged kicking and screaming to embracing that part because could you imagine like she spends the majority of the show fighting back at that back back and then you get to that last one of those last final episodes where she has to face off against Shin. She's getting her ass kicked, and she finally, in that last minute, decides to go. I'm gonna embrace this, and she activates that lightsaber, and everyone in the crowd goes yes, and she starts fucking. <laughs> she starts the utilizing classic both breakthrough her, moment. Her skill as both a Mandalorian and a Jedi, and she's able to to hold her own. And I just feel like they've blown their wad already well there's they're definitely going to face off again because in the trailer there is a moment where they are fighting in the woods somewhere and shin says you have no power right right that's a call to action (laughs) right yeah i want to hear her say i want to hear her say something like i have my own power or not the power that you have or you know something like that to say yeah right. i i don't have the power i, that I reject you think your I premise have. i reject your premise <laughs> yeah. Be, because a big a big thing a big thing of, of 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 when you get to the when the hero uh comes to their realization they're supposed to be stuck in a situation between a rock and a hard place and they're supposed to in order to win pick banana they're supposed to pick that one thing that you don't understand how they're going to get there until they pick it and you go, oh, yeah, that works. I, I hadn't thought of that. And I, I feel like they're they're blowing it. I mean, they could, you know, we'll see. 
it's yeah. we're only three episodes in but <laughs> exactly three yeah so i don't know so as they continue on their inner journey they're in hyperspace and they jump out of hyperspace because they detect a planet and they see something they're trying to investigate and it's part of the jedi protocol to jump out of hyperspace at a safe distance yes and then yes. kind of you know case the joint which straight up is the smart move as someone yeah, it, that runs a Star Wars role-playing game. And it's like, how yeah. close do you guys want to jump to the planet? And they're like, oh, good point. Far away. Exactly, exactly. And so when they're investigating, they kind of get found out and um, trouble ensues. So for the, the enemy starfighters. Yeah. What, if any, vibes did either of you get from it? Because like... Like uh, the way uh, they looked? The way they looked, because... Like, of course, like George Lucas made it very clear that all the Starfighter stuff comes from old, like World War II footage of like bombers and fighters and all that sort of stuff it has that sort of vibe. So the Starfighter that the enemy, like Shin had a, a special variant, like it straight up reminded me of a F4F Wildcat right is a very sort of oh. a fat fuselage like it's just a giant fucking engine with some little wings yeah and that was an early sort of uh plane and it's only because i played the uh, war thunder game which is like aerial combat and tanks yeah. and it's like that that starfighter that they had looked like at first i was like oh is that a, like a japanese zero and i was like now nah, the profile's totally wrong that's right? what i was thinking i was thinking zero <laughs> yeah but the wings don't the zero's wings, I think, go down and then up, right? Yeah, down these and ones up, are just yeah. flat. So I was like, at first, I was like, man, these are like zeros or something. But it, it very much like, ooh, we are going solid, sort of World War II vibes here with that that whole starfighter uh, little scene that they had. So what did you guys think of the banter during the, the Cause combat? So yeah, because Soka she takes the wheel, and then you have Sabine, she's the gunner. Yeah. What did you guys think of that back and forth? Did it you guys think anything in particular when you saw it? It didn't seem frantic enough. Huh. The and I think it goes back to what E was sort of saying. Like it didn't feel like they were in the same room. I mean, like literally they're in different parts of the ship. Right, 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 right. But like, it just didn't feel like they were under attack. It didn't feel like they were sort of like yelling information back and forth. Right? It's a little like yeah. oh, I got one. I I do. The parts I did like, because I'm a sucker for this shit, is just the coordination that they were doing, right? Where yeah. Ahsoka was like, all right, instead of me trying to like run the show, Sabine, what do you need me to do? You're in the gunner seat. What do you need me to do? Oh, okay, get ready to dive. Dive now. Boom. Yeah. Right? Just that little bit of coordination again, like in the Mando season three when when uh Bogotan and uh didn't like were attacked by the starfighters and then like yeah. you go left i'll go right like that sort of stuff i'm a sucker yeah. for that and that yeah. stuff that worked but at the same time also some of the delivery just yeah. wasn't pumped up enough yeah um I, I liked it but my issue was kind of like it's like they were trying to show um they was trying to tell something about their relationship right like mm -hmm. one giving up the other one giving and it's just kind of like the reversal of roles like what do you need from me it's like it's like the parent getting stuck in their you know caught in their tracks right like they think they're doing a great job and the kid be like all i wanted from you was a hug right and he's just like right. wait 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 okay let me back up i'm i'm 
I think I'm driving into the right place, but I'm really in the wrong place. Where do you need me to be? I so that's definitely that's what they were doing. I just don't think that was the place they should have been doing it at. Cause I, I mm. thought it was kind of weird that the gunner was kind of steering, telling this the, the the driver where to go. I, I thought that was like backwards. And I'm like, but it but it played into their their story what they were right. trying to do but within i don't think it should dynamic right right but within their dynamic it worked but in the scenario because it, it like, didn't make no hmm. sense that you're flying you're trying to get away and you worried about lining up with where the gunner is trying to do and you're outnumbered and trying to get away so i thought it was just kind of like uh i never heard of <laughs> the gunner ever telling the captain where to fly or where to go it just seemed a little backwards i could and, buy it a little bit if and, it was just like roll left right or, the, or something even the, even the captain going i'm or about to roll something left. rolling but, left rolling right diving and but then the, the gunner tail, be like, got it yeah but the tail doesn't steer the head and it just <laughs> it, and i thought like this is not the place for that i see it i get it but this isn't the place for it but i understand what they were trying to do with it like what do you need student what do you need from me and this is the conversation they could have had on the ship earlier when they were just sitting there talking about the force in circles or talking about the training in circles this could have been expressed in that situation yeah shabine could have made a comment like i'm not a jedi i can't read you I, like she could have been missing and then ahsoka could have been like saying something to her not necessarily like feel the force or something she could have just been saying something like you, this you method to... is not working for me. Can <laughs> yeah. we try a different method? Yeah, right? and Sabine could have said, I'm not a Jedi. I need you to tell me what's going on. And then like Jay said, she go, then Ahsoka goes, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And she starts literally telling her, banking, you know, turn it right, turn it left, pull it up. And then and then Sabine can read, here's what she's saying. And then they can get back on the same page. And then towards the end, Sabine is able to do it on her own because she kind of re can, can remember how they how they used to coordinate with each other, maybe. Right. I mean, but, another thing that they might have done is take the, you have to sense where I am, right? That whole training thing and play it into, we are in combat now. Right. I need you to sense where they are gonna be. Yeah, because it can't be you steering me. And then I think some of the tension was taken out of that, even though it could have been a real tense situation, but it kept being broken because she was like, oh, I got one. Oh, I got another one. It was too this, much self high five. And when you were in the middle like the of a whole bunch going on, the celebration that, that should have waited. Like, that should have waited. If, if they were, you know, teenagers or younger for Sabine's like, got him, right? I mean, Luke does yeah. the same thing. Yeah. And he's like an older teenager, but Sabine's not a teenager. Right. She's late 20s, maybe 30s from but, the timeline. But she the one that want to yeah. show up for the meeting and she's sliding under, you know, I so she's doing but... she doing all the stuff. She but like I said, but we were talking about that before about how she's acting as if she's like young and right. it just well, it doesn't match up with who she is. And I, I and I agree with that and I think pro probably part of that is like, well, who I hate to do this, but who's the audience? No, no, target right? audience. Yeah, that's always a factor. Right? It always a factor. Um, but they they could have had her be just like have a smaller yes, like yeah, got it. All right, but, and then move to the next one. Also, the scene yeah. took, and this is just the starfighter combat where they're getting shot at. Right. They were getting shot at for a very long time, and it didn't feel like the starfighters were effective whatsoever. Yeah. Like it was only when they got to the big ring. 
when it was like, ooh, our shields, the deflectors are dropping, blah, blah, blah. It's not like they should have been taking damage, like, almost from go right, from right. these starfighters, because that just ratchets up. Like, you have to get away or shoot these things as fast as possible. Yeah, and it just yeah. felt like, ping, 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 ping. Yeah, it wasn't tight. And like I said, just that self-congratulating when we're in the middle of it. It's like, if you're louder than me, then I'll just give it to you. But I would, I would prefer you let me give it to you. Let me be the one to yeah. be like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but for you I'm to do it already, it's like, okay, they already, okay, t- you got it. They need to let go of the, my audience is a child thing. They really need to. Because, like, how many kids went to go see, you know, Marvel's Endgame and Infinity War and got what they needed out of it? And the parents not, not nearly as many as the adults right 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 you, you you're true but i mean it's kind of like that thing of like there's ways to do things where the kids get what they need out of it and the adults get what they need out of it too yeah yeah and you don't have to like you don't need to like stan lee made his whole thing off of not talking down the kids that's right. what marvel is don't talk down the kids we don't need it. Just give people authentic emotions. Lead your audience where you want them to feel authentically and they'll get it. And if the kid right. doesn't get it, they're too young to get it and they're only there for the lightsabers anyway. What we don't need is six or seven-year-old Anakin in a Naboo Starfighter going, yay! Yeah. Oh! But even, right? And it's but, an adult. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting because, Ryan, you and I spoke about this before, about that whole tone thing. And, it, and the truth is, is like, it's a hard place for them to be in because truly when it's adult Star Wars, it's rejected. When it's like well, a different take on things for, or like- For a long time until Andor came on, right? Well, their attempts, because those movies were more mature Star Wars and those didn't work. Because they were bad. <laughs> right, but that's when they tried that. So they almost reverted back to, well, this is a safe crowd yeah. here. And even that, I don't know, it's a, it's a fine line between, you know, pandering and, <laughs> I don't know, it's hard. And we you do know, have it, people that know what they're doing and we do have people who love this this lore and, and it could be hard. Cause like I said, that audience, you just don't. Speaking of people that don't know how to do something, apparently the people that are building the giant Imperial hyperspace <laughs> ring only have guns that point backwards. because their ship like get closer so we can scan it get closer oh we're taking damage oh we they get like in the middle of the ring and are like adrift going past it and it's like oh they're in front of us now we can't shoot it anymore like you yeah yeah to the point she thinks that she got them and then she was like we only have the sensors that point backwards and she's like yeah you lost track of them that doesn't mean they're dead right and i love that she doesn't have to say it Right. Right. But it's just like, yeah, we know. We didn't see him die. They're not dead. Yeah. Because like, she's, she's kind of like, well, I'm going. Yeah. She's genre oh, savvy. Like, 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 oh, you know, you think they're dead? Not. I'm going to go finish the job you didn't finish. I'll be right back. I'll handle it. Don't worry about it, mom. I got it. And so, <laughs> so after they adrift, right? And it's amazing because you think that they wouldn't have survived that long with all that fire upon them, but they did survive it. And so, at the ideal time, after they got the scan they needed, they're stuck and they're adrift. And with that, what are they gonna do? Ahsoka, she has an idea. 
He gonna step outside of the hornet. Gonna step outside, right? And fight fires with her lights. Now, now I'm not a, I'm not a space shuttle mechanic. I don't even know how it worked, but um, I'm still trying to figure out how when, say, let's use a car for an example, right? Your windows are blown out. You got flat tires and people don't shut off your car, right? If I go in under the steering wheel and mess with the fuse box, how does that start my car back up? Uh, so when a, uh, a U.S. Oh, naval submarine breaks down, do you have to get outside the submarine to fix it? Or do they fix most of it from the inside? Well, I'm assuming it was sink. <laughs> well... <laughs> This is that that is, I'm not, I, Ryan, I'm not yeah. going to let you fix it tonight. I'm not going to let you try to... I'm not, that here, doesn't see, bother me. See, this is my point. This is my that point. That doesn't bother me. They've they been doing I'm, that on Star I'm, Wars for I don't might, know how long. But, Ryan, this is what I'm talking about. You, you see, you're trying, you're, you're trying to fix it. Trying here, here, Jay, I will give you a thing that I was like, what the fuck, when this scene started. Because it's like, I, I'm, I, she's like, I'm going to go do the thing. And I'm like, clearly she's going to go outside the ship. And my brain was like, immediately I was like, but what her, what I forget, like Lucre or whatever, her little headstock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, her, yeah. Brace, her, her, her helmet. Right? I was like, oh my God, her helmet is the same shape. How did she put it on that damn face? Exactly. <laughs> I'm how like, did she wait get a minute. It on? She slipped those on? Like, how did she, and she just, she just walked out. So how did I, she I had, put... I was thinking about this like today and I was like, she has yeah. to like take her like two little shoulder ones and like throw them back over her shoulder and then pull the helmet backwards over, over the back of her head, over the front of her. And it's just like, whatever. If, mm -hmm. if, if like clearly she got it custom made, like whatever. Okay. I was like, cool. how does she get it on? Uh, she, got, she got the yeah. same person who'd be doing Mr. Terrific's braids on Arrow. <laughs> oh, just, you gotta let it go. Yeah, and, and the you gotta let it go. Corros. Just like, okay. She he wears a wig somehow. and he just pulls it off. That's how if, Mr. Terrific did. He wore a if, wig. If they had done 10 seconds worth of cutting back between Sabine on the bridge, being like, they're like reading off the distance like they're getting closer and it's it's clearly like chunks of time and then it's just cutting to like that would be cool i'm her getting ready pulling on a boot <laughs> right her pulling on a glove her pull like we got it all right she mm. does her little iron man suiting up thing and we yeah. get that like they're getting closer that would be tight getting closer that's a hitchcock closer yeah they're getting closer, yeah, getting closer right yeah. and then boom she's out the airlock right. um a funny thing my 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 buddy uh, Esteban like was hitting me up on Discord and was like, "Oh, so <laughs> lightsabers can fend off like large vehicle fire," and like I was like, "Yep, that's that's the thing." And then I was like, later today, I was like, "Oh, actually, they did that in the Dark Empire run. I had I had the graphic novel, and there's the there's a whole bit where this is where like." Again, this is the legacy canon, so none of it happened now. Yep, don't count, don't count, legacy don't canon, count. don't count. But whatever, I, I'm throwing it in there. <laughs> but like, it starts off with like they're they're at war somewhere, and they're like, "Where's Luke? Where's Luke?" And he comes out of a cave in the middle of the battle, and there's a giant adat, and it like looks right at him, and like starts shooting at him. And again, these are the adats from Hoth, the big four-legged yeah. things. And he just like turns on his lightsaber and just bounces it back right in his face. 
like destroys the head and then he uses the force to just knock the thing over wow he should he should have just force kicked the leg out from under sweep the leg you have a problem with that I mean, well, sweep the leg, Johnny. Sweep the leg. So, like, her whole like, I'm putting on a spacesuit and I'm jumping outside and I got magnetic boots. Like, none of that was like, this is ridiculous. I mean, it's fucking Star Wars. Like, I. It could have been better. It could have been better. And like I said, they kind of pulled it off. It was fine, but it's just like. It's just it all it was, it's, there was a lot of grandstanding and stuff. It was just very interesting. The, the, you know, it, it, even it, a small it, thing I thought of today would be like, all right, if really if I had an exosuit and I was going to like, I'm not R2D2. I don't have like magnetic rollers, right? Like in Phantom Menace and I can just roll myself across a ship. I've got those boots. And if I lose them, I don't have a jetpack like R2D2. You know what I need? I need a Naboo Ascension gun so I can shoot a harpoon line back to the ship and pull me to it, yeah. right? So I feel like they tried to play it as a little bit of a joke where it's like, after she deflects stuff and gets knocked off, then it's like, come pick me up. Right, right. right. She's floating across the view screen. It was like, I felt like they were trying to make a little gag there, right? Yeah. Of like, come pick me up. But if she had like if i built that suit i'd have like a little magnetic harpoon gun and just be like pull me back to the ship and she would have handled it all herself yeah i think this thing was just made to show that she's a badass and i think that it wasn't worth it to do it like that i always thought i already thought she was when she's been cutting through stuff and jumping out of windows and stuff to me those have been tight cool scenes but some of the stuff it's just like it just seemed like and I don't know, I might not leave this in, but it's just a whole bunch of girl power moments that I was just kind of like, if anybody else would do that, you would still be looking sideways at it. Like, like, come on. Well, that's like, the thing. If it was anyone else, it would still be like, yeah, that Star Wars ridiculous. Yeah, like, 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 uh, like, come <laughs> on. And it was fine, but she just kept flipping back and forth and just like, I guess, I guess. But it was cool how she, you know, got back stuck to the Mag- magnetized back onto the ship because the ship kind of came around and got mm-hmm. her and and she just in the perfect amount of time she picked just her dipped, up with the wing right and just dipped her into the into the ship and they take off and and, and fly away and they fly um, exactly to the next plot point <laughs> yeah there I was mean, no plot they, they there was no one plot block in there they they did specify the hyperdrive is down so they yeah. can't jump out so it's like all right we got to go go somewhere where we're not going to get shot down and we can do the repairs. And you know what? They 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 found the perfect place to hide. Star Wars <laughs> into the darkness. <laughs> they'll Jay never send me the opening they, of Star Trek into darkness. They'll the never find them. They'll never find them there on that red forest tilt planet. They'll never find them there. Kirk as is long there. As the volcano Sp- doesn't go Spock, off. Spock is there. They, they'll never find them there. Too much. As soon as I so saw that, I'll just on. like. I'm just like as soon as I as soon as I saw that red force, I, I texted Ryan. I was like, "Oh, so did you? <laughs> you saw episode three, right?" And I was like, "I seen something that looks familiar to me." Like I said, I swear this show borrows from, and we talked about it last episode. It borrows from Star Trek, new Star Trek, and if I kind of thought it the first time, I got confirmation 
this time with that red because I can't remember anywhere and I was trying to be cool I was like Ryan do you remember this from any past lore or anything that you've seen before because the last place and the only place I've seen it was on Star Trek so I'm just checking because I don't want to be a jerk about it but it's just like yeah. See, originally when you were texting me, I thought you meant like you were saying the red planet. I was like, oh, does he mean the one from the Last Jedi with like the salt yeah. and the red salt? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so but I thought it was funny. So they kind of land there to hide, and they turn everything down because that's Jedi protocol once again, including the robot, <laughs> including the robot, which is which is cool because they couldn't scan because when they were looking for him, they couldn't they couldn't sense right. him because Shin kept flying by, and then you know, and, and matter of fact, and when she says something to that space snake eyes that they won't show his face i'm like yeah ryan was straight up right because he they even given him talking scenes and his talking is distorted like ryan ryan is right like yeah i think it's got to be someone but it better not be ezra because that would be fucking dumb at the end of rebels Mm -hmm. the purgle the space whales they grab thrawn's entire star destroyer with ezra and him on the bridge and they yank them into hyperspace so yeah. they're both gone, presumably, to this other galaxy. So if anyone's turned anyone, it would be Thrawn somehow trying to turn Ezra, mm. right? But the premise is that they none, no one's come back, right? So either Ezra's magically come back and got turned, and then this, and then that. And it's like, I, Could he have fell out of the stream and dropped off earlier? Uh, I don't it just seems so antithetical to everything that they did with Ezra like granted he worked with Maul for a while because again you gotta be tempted by the dark side right right but like Ezra yeah that doesn't that doesn't seem to fit that he would he would see Ahsoka and be like hey Ahsoka what's up people were super important to him have you seen Tron Legacy Yes. You remember when Tron was sitting up there and he didn't know who he was and he was fighting? Oh, God, if they do the amnesia <laughs> plot line, I'm going to wad up a small piece of paper that's due for the trash we, bin and throw it in the trash. We, like, we've seen it many so... of times where you see that familiar face and I'm like, what happened to them? It's just like, you know, they've been corrupted. That would, that would be fucking dumb. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We don't know what Balin and, and Shin's real... You know they're not Sith, and they were Jedi. So I mean, it's possible that at, at that least whole... Balin was definitely Jedi. Balin's yeah. definitely yeah. former Jedi. Shin and, is and... probably someone he found along the way. Exactly, but she, he he's training her like a Padawan. He's not training mm-hmm. her like a like a Sith second. You know. Yeah. So it, there is something different about what they're doing and how they're doing it. So yeah, I, I think that's still something that. I am very interested to see. to see their dynamic continue to yeah. evolve. And, and you can tell that Shin don't, she doesn't trust like uh, Morgan Elspeth. No. You know, she don't, she don't like witches and. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Cause like I said, anytime she tells anything to Balin, she always look, look at her and be like, you know, so what do you say master? She always go to him for confirmation regardless. And I, and I yeah. love that cause her allegiance is strong and very clear. It's interesting. Even though they're not the main focus, them two, they really caught me as far as like really wanting to lean into their story. I wish we get more scenes of them, you know, with more going on because I dig their dynamic more so than I do Ahsoka and Sabine. Yeah. Like I want to dig their relationship, but to me, even though they have more time spent with them, 
it's like almost more is taken away and maybe because of what the more is balin and shin just have different energy yeah, balin sure. is just a rock right of certainty and that's part of just he's big and he has the presence and unflappable right yeah and shin you've got a little bit of that nervous energy right she, she's not jittery mm-hmm. but she's alert right and looking to her master and ready to rock and roll and that comes through like they're very consistent in both of those performances right yeah so that's very much an arrow to be pointed she's very much an arrow to be pointed it has no problem with that and i love that it's just like yeah like where you want me kind of thing you never see her questioning anything he's saying you never hear her she's just like so i i i forget where i came across this it was probably in like you know some podcast talking about movies and something like that but like there's sometimes you get like couples in in a movie and what a lot of writers do is they mine the couple's relationship for conflict Mm -hmm. right so to add drama and sometimes people just love it when you get a couple where they are on the same page and they just work well together and yeah. they are not an internal source of tension, right? Mm-hmm. It's them. Their drama is not working through their shit, right? They got each other's backs. They right. just work, right? And it's the drama from everything else. And I feel like Balin and Shin, they do not have internal drama. Yeah, no. remind me of things like the Amazing Race when you have couples and you have the ones that just like they read each other's thoughts and yeah, yeah, honey, this, 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 and it's just like damn. And right? you see other ones they're complaining about. Well, I'm gonna drive. You're gonna drive. It's like they're already down the street. They already worked it out. And you know, yeah. going back to Marvel, that is the first Avengers movie before they get their shit together and after they get that their shit together, right? Yeah. Because we get that that wonderful shot of like them all coming down onto that bridge, that raised road, mm-hmm. right? And Cap's you know reflecting Iron Man's blast, and they're mm-hmm. just bouncing off each other, and they're vibing, right? Mm-hmm. They're on the same page, and so I like it when characters work like that it's mm. fucking really cool right because yeah. every person knows their place in the game each person knows like shin knows what her she knows what her place is balen knows yeah. what his place is and yeah this is how we work so right let's, let's yeah. get to work I was, I was thinking about this the other day because i used to play a lot of first person shooters with my buddy mang and like we we would just roll usually sometimes other friends would join but like we had our own little short like information bursts of like contact left contact right grenade out here da 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 all this sort of stuff and the the funniest bit was mang has his left and rights reversed right <laughs> when yeah. he's when he's under under stress right having to think fast for whatever reason his left and rights are reversed mm. but the thing is i played with him so often that I would just switch it in my head when he's calling out like grenade left, contact left. I mean, okay, turn to the right and shoot, (laughs) right? So that's part of what makes that fun of really just like being on the same page. To get a scene like that, like I feel like they were trying to do that a little bit with Ahsoka and Sabine, right? A little bit of them cooperating and switching the dynamic, but like 
like I said, yeah. it was just so telegraphed. Yeah. It brought me funny because, but like I said, it was nice to see Shin uh, with Balin and their relationship and the fact that usually when you have a character like that, they're always trying to undercut the head, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or they have this extra plot thing that they're doing on the side or, 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 the, or whatever. unhealthy but, codependency. Yeah, it's just something. Just they want to get from under them or they want to take their place. There's always some other side thing in their head that they got plans yeah. that have nothing to do with the lead. And so for her to just be young and have that kind of energy and she is willing, a willing participant, it's beautiful. It's very powerful. And usually you don't and, see it like that. Cause like you and said, he they want trusts that tension. her. Like yeah. he just says, go to the planet and do the thing. And he don't do go a lot of talking to, too. He'll right? do a lot of explaining. He he'll do a lot of talking. He'd be like that way. Go there, yeah. go there, pick that up. No, no extra information. And she doesn't need it. Yeah. She doesn't need the explanation. I think that like, if they play it right, like we're talking about what they tried to do with Ahsoka and Sabine in the ship, because we talk about how there's the mirrors, right? The mirror of the villain, quote unquote. It'd be a wonderful foil to have the heroes not being able to get their shit together and jive. And then you have these two, and not only does it speak to that theme of of them not working well together and that being their journey, but it also kind of calls to the fact that they're not Sith. They're not Sith. Like she looks to him with respect that a Padawan looks to his master. Like Jay says, he doesn't have to give explanation. And she don't need explanation. She's a better Padawan than Anakin was. <laughs> right. That's right. a low bar. She's a better Padawan than probably most Padawans that we've seen in the Order were. Yeah. Like when you look at, what was her name? Beru, who was the one that who actually betrayed Ahsoka? Oh was, yeah, I think it was Wasn't Beru. she Shakti's Padawan? I feel like I I'm not sure, so. I can't remember. But uh, no, it wasn't Shakti, but it was, a, it was another female, I can't remember. But yeah, you know, of all the Padawans we've seen, all of them had a little bit of like, you know, resistance. Yeah, resistance. And she doesn't have any of it at all. Mm-hmm. She's like the total 100% opposite of a Sith. She's not trying to overthrow Balin. She's not looking for her chance, like Jay said. Yeah. Even in the first episode one, you don't get a lot of interplay between uh, Darth Maul and, and Darth Sidious. And, uh, but. And, and, and Darth Maul does what Darth Sidious says, and he's like, yeah, master, but you still get the sense that if he gets a chance, he'll try to cut that motherfucker. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get that from her. She is 100% invested and down with whatever Balin says. If he says it, she does it, end of story, that's it. And only him saying it. Only him. <laughs> he is her master, and that is it. She's not doing any contract work. It could be such a clear dichotomy that they could play with and i feel like they're dropping the ball and i always think that the best movies have very simple stories and all of the depth and the subtext comes in the complexity of the theme and the psychological oppositions and i feel like they're dropping the ball on a lot of that you know so yeah it's interesting because like we'll have to see again how soon thrawn comes in of like who is the primary antagonist for Ahsoka and Sabine. And it's probably going to be Balin and Shin. Like, I don't feel like it's Morgan. I don't even think it's Thrawn, right? It's, they're playing a different game and all they want to do is stop Elsbeth from bringing back Thrawn. If Thrawn was the villain, we would have had a scene with him 
scheming in this other galaxy in the first or second episode right to set up who is driving stuff and right now it's Balin and Shin I feel like Thrawn is the looming threat that I talked about yeah he's the MacGuffin He's, he's going to be the person that we shouldn't even see until the last scene of this season. If they do, also, I feel like is a total cop-out's not the right word, but like a bait-and-switch. Yeah. Right? I'm like, oh, it's Thrawn! And then it's like, yeah, the last five minutes, show up for the next season or show up for the movie. I'm uh, hoping Valen and Shin are, we don't know. I'm hoping we find out that what they want is not what we think. I feel like yeah, because all we've got is Balin is like, there's like, uh, he doesn't say ultimate power, which thank God, but it's something like, you know, power beyond what you can comprehend, right? So it's like, okay, so Balin, Balin sees a, an end game for what he and Shin want, and it may have nothing to do with Thrawn. Thrawn and this whole thing is just probably a stepping stone for what he wants. Right? He, he could be trying to get to that, uh, he could be trying to go back in time and save the order. You know, and he could have the same feeling that uh, what's the name hands in Andor, where he's like, "Listen, I want the order back, and I'm willing to do some shady shit to do it." If Balin knows about the world between worlds and it comes into play, that's gonna be fucking wild. I don't. Know, I worry that if they start playing around with that, and people realize that technically time travel is kind of allowed in Star Wars, there's gonna be some people being like retcon the sequels which they're not gonna do they're not gonna do they're already setting up new movies with ray and a, god i hope oh oh they're not they're not they pulled Catherine, it already no Catherine kennedy announced that and she did it without Iger's consent oh. that movie's not getting made those movies aren't being made oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's um. egg on the face yeah, you know what? They might pull off Thrawn like they did in The Mandalorian with Moff Gideon, where he was kind of brought up and then he came out. The oh God, showed up episodes. for like the last two episodes exactly. and then just went down like a it, fucking bitch punk. No, ex- exactly. No. It, might, it might be one of those kind of things. I I don't think Dave Filoni is that stupid. He had Thrawn in the Rebels show. He understands mm-hmm. how big a deal Thrawn is. To just like, I think he is going to be the villain for the big movie the big tie-in movie where it's all 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 the stuff from this time period like ahsoka and mando and whatever else and that's fine but i feel so far it's not enough journey in this journey well yeah but who knows maybe next episode they get to the other galaxy and get thrawn and like the second half is all dealing with thrawn i don't know maybe that'd be that'd be kind of fast i'm guessing the fight that we seen between Balin and Ahsoka is going to happen next episode because it's at it's at the hologram monolith place and that's right next to the woods so I'm pretty sure that fight's going down next episode the pace of this show is so different it's hard to tell like like what's going to happen next just because you know like I said we spent two pretty much just figuring out what the game plan was, even though we knew it in the first episode, it took like three episodes for it to even to get this far down the line. You know what I mean? It, 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 we spent a lot of time meandering, trying to figure out what's going on and deciphering the map and finding the map and meandering. Is, is she gonna even? 
is she gonna even come or not or or where she wandering gonna, around the back know, alleys of Coruscant back and forth to her hideaway and then all this back and forth between the ship the you know train and the talk about her behind her back and then to go see her again then go back to it's just a uh, you know so if all of that is happening in the first three do we expect it to speed up do we expect for how, how much can happen like I don't with the pacing of it it's hard for me to understand what the pace could possibly be for the the back half. Yeah. yeah. Well, also we don't know what the. I mean, this was the the thing with the other seasons too. Is we don't know what the sort of like the end game is, right? So Do we you don't feel... know how many things need to be set up and how quickly they're going to burn through them, right? How much is it going to be character development? How much is it going to be action? How much are they going to manage to do both of those things at the same time? Yeah, because right? we because you we... should have character development as part of your action. Exa- sure, and I and I'm not I don't mind that. I think we need that because that makes us want to buckle up and and the in the ride versus being like I could jump out whenever I want to. Yeah, you want to be tethered. You want to be connected, and even though you don't know where the car is going, you want to go for that ride and find out. And that's how it should be. And that's what those little details and those little you know nuances are supposed to do do you feel that with the pace and everything you know so far do you feel that we have enough information for you to feel like this could be landed with the road left and i don't mean landed like you know no tires in the hood flipped off in the, in the car smoking i mean do you think we're in a good place for something to be introduced right which it hasn't quite yet but for something to be introduced and we're in three going to four and then for that introduction to be resolved in four on the back end do we How have a road we, do we have enough road for that are there there's six episodes in this in a eight. eight 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 uh-huh. i think so so like the, we're talking about three mm-hmm. if four so you got to be the introduction yeah, of something yeah like a, a big thing has to shift right yes. like ahsoka and balin are going to fight i think next episode and I think the ring ship needs to be leaving episode four, episode five, and they need to arrive in this other galaxy. Because then if you do that in four, you've got presumably four episodes Mm -hmm. left to resolve, find out what's going on there, realize how big the problem is, right? Thrawn leaves without them. They have to figure out how to get back on their own. I'm betting you they're going to get abandoned there and the Purgle are going to bring them back because the Purgle are the one that are already jumping between the galaxies. And they brought them up too many times already. We've seen them and they've been mentioned. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think there's enough to they leave the galaxy, right? They go with the ring ship they arrive in the other galaxy they find thrawn they maybe find ezra thrawn gets picked up and they the good guys get left in the other galaxy and now with ezra and the purgle they have to come back and warn the republic and blah 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 and maybe you get a big confrontation because hera doesn't know anything that's going on and i would not be surprised and this would be the smart thing is like i don't know why you can't just task like two x-wings to just go and check a spot right. <laughs> like e- even when ahsoka jumps into the system at a distance it's like hey they're building a giant ring thing oh there's starfighters coming towards us cool oh they're jamming us 
let's get the fuck out of here and go report back. Right. Womp womp. Like, okay, let's go get a whole flight crew. Yeah, like, yeah, the cavalry. We, yeah, yeah, we didn't scan anything, but it's like clearly they're building stuff. Like, we can see like that's that's where the hyperdrive went. Doing yeah. a thing. We need backup. Let's go. We have confirmation of intent. Right. Let's go. Um, but I think there's enough runway where you could, and they need to raise the stakes every episode. And yes. I think that can be tricky. And I haven't really seen them. I feel like they didn't really do that in any of the Mandalorian seasons for the most part. Like not consistently, right? Mm -hmm. You right. would get like maybe the first two episodes that would sort of set things off and then a bunch of blah, 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 blah. And then the last two episodes, they try and crank things up again. I want to see them crank up the intensity and maintain it, right? Like you got to have your down scenes, right you gotta have your room to breathe and it becomes tricky it's like this episode really is like 30 minutes like if you get rid of like the last time on star wars like the recap right. it's less than 30 minutes and then the credits start right yeah. so i don't know if they're gonna you know have longer episodes they're gonna be 30 minutes but like i think you can cram in a escalating story i want to see it escalate yeah yeah. I don't I don't think it's that they don't have enough time because they're filling episodes with a bunch of paper waste, you know? The, the story could be a lot tighter. Yeah. It could be a lot it, tighter. Like Andor took its time with things, but everything was dense. There was a lot of things. Everything happened. meant something. At the same time, everything it was, meant something. It was layered very nicely. There could be a whole C plot right now about how they don't know who is working among them that is still loyal to the Empire. And Hera is trying to suss that out, and the only person that she can trust is my mom. Like that could be a whole right. So, so here's that's the thing. taking let's, up space. Let's go back to it. that scene. The the one senator that seemed to be kind of shutting Hera down, and she was like, "Did you fight? Did you fight?" And he was like, "No, I didn't fight." What was your vibe on him? I thought he was shady. Like he was probably knew what was up already, and it was almost hard to tell who was possibly new already or who was really working with Thrawn or. or Right. Or working towards getting him out. So here's the thing is he's an established character already. He's an established character in later stuff. There was a resistance animated TV show and he's not on the side of the first order at all. His son's like a spy for the resistance fighting the first order and stuff like that. So I don't know if they're intending to set him up as a foil for Hera, like a false foil of like, no, I just have reasonable objections and concerns about what you're doing because it reads like, oh man, is this guy, because the problem is we know Hera's right, right? Yes. We know there's a bomb under the table. So we're mm -hmm. automatically on her side and anyone else who would put forward like, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And we know, we know also we've seen that there are people that are inside undermining the Republic. Mm -hmm. So we're like, is this guy undermining this guy? And it's like, but it could, yeah. he's just but bringing it up any, reasonable concerns. Right. But it could have been any of them because they all were looking suspicious about it. As I said, nobody right. could, you couldn't really read. Now, if they set that up as he is the, the red herring and they are going to do who is the person undermining Hera's ability to get things done. And we think it's the Senator, yeah. but it's a red herring. If so, good job. And it's someone else or some other thing. 
right? Yeah. That would be interesting, right? Because it's I like, think... also, what is Hera going to do for this show? I yeah. feel like they're going that way, but I feel like they went too hard on making that guy be a poser. Like, it should have mm-hmm. been... It should have been more bureaucracy and more and more red tape and less like I'm an asshole. The other thing that kind of bothered me is after they went to the shipyard and then they found out that, you know, there was people that were still loyal to the whatever. Like it felt to me like they're like they just arrested everyone. Then they're like, OK, that threat's over now. This is the problem with no, like, it's not over. This should yeah. be something that we're, we keep going on with. It's not over. It should be a major thing of like, and the problem is, is like, it's adventure storytelling. And it's like, we've, we've beat up the bad guys. Now we go on to the next thing is like, whoa. Okay. So we need to have a meeting with the head of state for Corellia to like, let them know, like we need to talk to their security forces. Like there would be a massive amount of like response to oh shit there's a whole bunch of like secret imperial scrolls, uh, i mean not scrolls i mean empire <laughs> <laughs> oh man but like i agree right and if it was andor they would have that fallout right if oh, they yeah, were yeah. if they were doing yeah. that level of storytelling there would have been like a whole episode dealing with the fallout like fuck andor had a whole episode that was just dealing with the fallout from the heist yeah right and it was just all that right yeah. so they could they could have done that but this is that's not, that. not the flavor of the show it's right. not that but it's it, but it do throw you off because you can't tell you know the line you don't know right. their line of logic or anything so you right. don't know if they're playing with you or if it's a sign like i said to me there was no chancellors on there that didn't seem like they could be suspect to be honest mm-hmm. and if i didn't see mamatha i would have thought that she was even kind of interesting because even like what she said like oh didn't we get them i'm like why are you saying that now you know and you deal with spies so you ain't no way you know it's not that simple so for her yeah. to even give that answer it was just like wait huh but i knew better because i know her right but 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 everybody was kind of like looking at each other and stuff i'm thinking like so nobody if two people out of those groups would have been like on her side and like the support, let's help or something, but for everybody to just look shocked and questionable and then not stepping out. Right. It's it just well, like, they, okay, they could have addressed that in that scene where Hera's like talking to Mon Mothma and the other ones. And it's like, I talked to the head of state for Corellia and their security services. And Mon Mothma's like, yes, I saw your report. I talked to them as well. The new Republic intelligence is going to be, you know, digging into Corellia right. to see if there's any other connections Can be there. verified? Yeah, like, this is concerning, right? And the other senators could be like, yeah, but it's just like, it's a pocket of like, you know, we're still rooting them out. But it's like, yo, I, like, Mon Mothma was like, I dealt with fucking spies. Like, you yeah. like, this is bad. Yeah. It- Right, and, and I can see the other senators then pushing back in that they were senators that were like they never were active in the war effort. Like Mon Mothma right. was active mm-hmm. as a rebel mm-hmm. in the war effort. You want the perfect sort of payoff too, so that that senator uh, Ziano, right, the one yeah. that was like pushing back on her and had hadn't served. He's the senator for Hosnian Prime. That's uh, the world that gets blown up in the Force Awakens by the First Order. What I kind of feel about that scene and then why it kind of threw me off in the first place mm. is that I think it was pretty much so it could be a setup for Hera to show that she's a badass. And I think it's 
again, a situation where it's used to show that, but then it throws off something else. It, it almost gives up something to have that, like the gunner scene. It gave mm -hmm. up something to have that moment. It's like these moments they want, but they're not in the right place. Cause I, like I said, I thought, I'm not even familiar for a character like that, but I felt that she was out of character. Like I said, of her attitude and how she was talking and stuff. Like it could have been other ways to do that because it compromises the stability of yeah. the other things in the scene. They're and so, giving up long-term games for short-term. And it's throwing off the other stuff. Like, okay, say she say she didn't have that kind of attitude. She didn't talk like that to him, right? He wouldn't have responded the way he would have. And it wouldn't have been like, ah, oh, what's up with that? Or wouldn't it, it would have just kind of, I don't know. I just think some stuff was just done. Just like Ahsoka doing cartwheels on the outside of the ship. That was done to show how badass she was, but it compromised the scene in a way for me because it was just like it was almost a little bit too much. Not that she can't do it, not that it wasn't right. cool to see, but was it worth it? Like these moments mm -hmm. that keep happening, it's like, is it worth the hit? It would have brought more gravitas for her to be more politically deft and get what she wants, to outmaneuver him politically so that at the end of the thing, he had to agree with her because she used her knowledge of politics and playing the game to get him to go, okay, for now you win. Right, but the but the writers need the scene no, no, no. for yeah. her not to be able to go and support right. Ahsoka, right? Right, right. So, so it's it, within that plot limitation we need Hera to go and ask for help and get denied okay so that's the that's the plot outcome what do we do character wise that advances something with our understanding of the character sets up a new challenge for them a new arc or whatever yeah. like she can fail at that scene but like <laughs> to Wakanda forever like don't make her look incompetent exactly at, at doing the I'm going to engage with my bosses. Yes, I'm a general and I know how to fucking wage a war. Right. But I have to now answer to the civilian leadership. And that, that's going to bring up my point that I that I say quite often is the fact like I hate when they do stories where they'll put the person out of character to make them fit the environment versus the environment being what it is and that character being who they are and how they would handle that situation. Like right. the environment doesn't compromise them like that. Not they like temporarily that. temporarily get handled the idiot. Exactly. Ball. Versus you got to change to fit the situation. No, you don't change. The environment could be what it is, but you're going to circumvent that. And you're going to be you within that environment. And this just felt like it needed to be that for that. Like they wanted to show this, they wanted to flex this, but but they're flexing, it's a compromising. And like I said, you could do and it, but in other places you could have did it. They could have set up a dynamic where she's already on thin ice, right? Cause she, she, she has her aides talking to her right before and right after, right? And the aide doesn't right. do much more than like, oh, that didn't go well. Right. But like have the aide be like, Remember, do not piss off the other senators. You're already on thin ice. Something right? where where it's like you're a really great general. Like yeah, it's like you got Mon Mothma in your pocket, but you got to deal with the other four. Yeah. Like, like please, boss, hold your tongue. Because the reason that they're unreasonable, but we don't know why. And I right. can't tell if it's the writing or the characters. And since you are not giving me that information, how am I supposed to read it? It's almost like unless you expect everybody to know all the stuff. And if that's the case, then good luck for those who know but it's just it, I, I don't know it's not have done a better job of trying to they touch on it a little bit but not enough to make it feel like it but they should have done a better job of making it feel like the senators are trying to move on away from a war and she is a general who fought a war and that's not what they want to be doing anymore right 
It's like we have a humanitarian project that home one is supposed to be going towards and you want to divert the entire fleet, right? Set it up where the, the Republic is stretched thin. They're beleaguered. They're trying to do a lot of things and a bunch of them are not war footing, right? And so it's like that makes it more reasonable instead of just this vague sort of like, oh, you want to go and do you're 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 fighting ghosts, basically, right? You're you're seeing phantom threats. It's like no, we have things we need you to do with these fleet, right? And this is, it makes it easier to sell why in the Mandalorian they couldn't go and send like rebel fighters to go check on Navarro. They can't send like a squadron to go check on these coordinates that Ahsoka and uh, that Hera have, right? It's like everything is stretched thin. And that makes this request for authorization to go do this side thing that they don't believe in reasonable for them to just be like yeah no as opposed to just like eh, we don't think it's a thing right yeah and also it's not fast paced enough for us to get lost in everything to to not have time to look at these things part right. of this is because of the pacing and yeah. if you're gonna move slow your moves better be sharp yeah, yeah. that's uh, yeah the urgency is not there right if you're gonna do that if you're gonna but do it that. could be it could be if they stop wasting like they're moving the story fast but are they well I, what i mean is they're moving they're moving the plot fast they're moving pieces fast but when the pieces get to the point that they're supposed to be in they stand around doing nothing like i said it felt like a stage play if you can get the characters there and instead of lingering on these people doing nothing, then you cut to someone else doing something else in their own C plot, B plot, D plot. That's how Andor worked. We didn't spend a lot of time wasting our time when Andor was sleeping. <laughs> like when Andor is sleeping, we went to go see what Mon Mothma was doing. When she wasn't doing anything and dealing with her husband, we went to go see what the other dude, the, uh, the spy dude was doing. We didn't waste time sitting with people that weren't doing anything. When people stopped doing shit that were interesting, we were like, let's go check on what this person's doing. Oh, they're doing something interesting. We're going to stay with them for five minutes. You know, and another thing too, like with the training scene, as much as I liked the camera work, a lot of the camera work is just sort of static and sedentary, right? So like the whole space combat scene, like they're trying to do repairs. Like I want a scene where like the camera work is showing urgency, not in the action, right? right. Not in what the person is doing, but the camera movement, the cutting, the editing shows urgency and rushing, right? Like if they're like, oh God, we gotta get this thing fixed. We gotta get this thing fixed. Sliding out from under a thing, grabbing a thing, going back under, right? Having urgent, frantic action movement and camera movement to make you feel like shit's got to happen and move right yeah it's very sort of static shots and i don't know how much of that is because they're shooting in the volume right it seems like they got a lot of components of real sets and yeah. some places are like cg fest like i'm sure most of that i know the fight she had at the scrapyard right with the inquisitor and the droid mm -hmm. that's just that's fully like cg they just had like a you know green screen set and they just filled in everything else behind it but a lot of the other stuff seems physical but like the camera work doesn't amp things up yeah right it's because when you spend a lot of money on cg they feel like they need to put it in every frame they need to be more like denis villeneuve and dune and stop going i need to have this person's face in the shot i need to have that thingamajingy that uh, the art department made back there showing more clearly no 
the camera is supposed to direct the emotion of what you want the audience to feel and it doesn't matter if you got that special phaser in the back or that flight capacitor in the back who cares about that put the camera where you need it to be to get the audience to feel what you needed to feel at the time if that means that everyone in the back is lit in shadows then they're lit in shadows we don't need right. to see their face we don't need their coverage who cares it, about them? Is it relevant to the emotions that are happening on the screen? Is it relevant to the information the audience needs to know? Nope. Okay, don't care. Get it out. Right? Yeah. It shouldn't be bad. It shouldn't be distracting, right? It should look nice. But, like, if we don't need to focus on it, then don't spend the time getting us to focus on it. Like I said, my main issue is just the, the pacing and what's being done with the time. But... Like I said, it's still early-ish on, but it's amazing how far along. I'm saying only three episodes, but it's going to be eight before we know it. And I'm just curious on how, because like I said. And yet we, we're we, all we, still enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've seen how, okay, we run out of time and gets this little gnarly two-ending yeah, situation. If it, if it drags in the middle, if it drags in the middle. I'm then gonna... we'll know by then. But like I said, it's not like I watch it and hate watch it or anything like that. I actually enjoy it, but it is interesting to probably because we already know what we're, what we're dealing with and so you just kind of lean in and just watch it but you know if i didn't like this kind of thing then i could see why people probably would have an issue with it and wouldn't wait around but it's in there it's just diluted with time and space and it's interesting that they decided to go this and it could be a whole bunch of things it could be the directors could be the writing like you said the editing which is a good point real good point um like you said e with the whole thing of used to doing animation and it could be paced differently and certain things you don't need to be told or, or shown a certain kind of way but if it's live action you definitely got some stuff you have to stick with that makes it and that's why sometimes directors that do animation can't just move over to live action because if it was that easy everybody would be doing it even somebody as good as uh, brad bird had a hard time with that even though he did a great job and good job with the mission impossible movie it still had it things that a normal director probably wouldn't have done and so it shows um just like when you have certain writers that might move into they might do novels and stuff and all of a sudden they want to do a comic book it doesn't read the same because it's different it's different so different mediums play differently and those nuances you don't really notice or respect until it bumps up against something that's not normally doing it and then you you find out real quick that a pastry chef is not necessarily do good at grilling each thing has this art to it right it has this process to it and it's not all the same and so i think this is one of those kind of situations but do we know that you know dave filoni and his team love this stuff yes did he put the yeah. heart in it yes he created a lot of these characters so you oh, know he ain't going there them. to destroy nothing you know he's not going there to make it look bad he wants to give it everything he has to give right and so we know the intention isn't bad and so i guess we have to forgive the, the delivery in a way but like i said it's not to say that the show is bad but to ignore what we're dealing with that's not fair either and so it's well the other thing too is like he might be delivering it exactly as he wants it true right and it might be hitting the tone that he wants right and everything else and it just may not it may not be exactly the palette he wants you know it's weird and really a problem with this too i'll Mm. I'll say this and and it's kind of like it's worked to our advantage and also our disadvantage the disadvantage is we get shows that are just like this is not cool this is not right this is off right and then we get these really great ones so that's the 
the the freedom and tone and stuff like that is the ebb and flow so you just don't know what you're gonna get so there's gonna be some highs it's gonna be some lows it's gonna be some meh right versus like marvel for a long time they had the same standard and it wasn't it wasn't too loud it wasn't too low but it was consistent and that consistency lent to each movie that came after you never questioned if something was reality or not you never questioned the the mode or intent of something because you had the other ones to lean on you knew what road you were on with this series of shows that are connected but kind of not connected but connected one day you're on off-road one day you're on a street one day you're on gravel one day you're in the ocean and so you don't know how to prepare and so you're constantly trying to go on your journey and hoping that what you put on and wore the last trip was going to help you survive this one and so it's too much trying to to get acclimated when all you should be doing is going for the ride and it won't let yeah. you acclimate because it's the terrain is constantly changing even though you're on the same trip and it, it's a lot it's a lot so some of the stuff might be better for us to see again once it's all over and we understand okay we're off-roading okay put on those you know those thick tires it's gonna be it's gonna be a ride, you know, put your seatbelt on and this one's gonna be on the water. Okay, dress cool, waterproof, blah, blah, blah. And that way, when we watch it or deal with it, we know what we're dealing with versus trying to figure out what we need to be wearing on the road. Cause that's my thing. It's like, a lot of our conversation was like how to take what was going on. Why is three guys that love this stuff and watch all the stuff is trying to figure out why somebody's acting the way they're acting or what it meant this time or this would have meant that in this show and that would have meant that in that show and this means this in this show when they're all connected <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not understanding the intent of people that i know i'm not understanding the intent of of lore that i know or a show that was even connected to it that stare in andor meant this that stare that same stare in this means that that same stare in, in the book of boba fett means that so huh yeah. The headache of comic book readers and comic book editors. <laughs> well, my recommendation is to watch the next episodes uh, and imagine that you're watching it. I, I get the feeling that if we had watched a show uh, in the same uh, style of animation that Clone Wars was in, we would have no complaints. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And so the final scene is Balin giving the orders to the to the folks to go after them and find them in the red forest from in into the darkness star trek <laughs> so that's how we end that's how we end um very interesting episode a good discussion with uh ryan and special guest e prime yeah phyllis this was an interesting one <laughs> definitely de <laughs> definitely kind of different than how we would normally roll but but good in his own way for sure um it's good to have you have you aboard um I hope we didn't run you off <laughs> and I hope, I hope you enjoyed your time hanging with us uh, tonight. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> well, right on, right on. All right. So that was Jay, Ryan and Eric until next time. Peace. Peace. War, war, just to be contradictory war. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you, that's what you do, Ryan. That's what you do. I'm Switzerland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.